Many, many years ago when I was serving First Baptist Church of Mount Airy, I was invited to lunch with a couple, and they had asked something like, do you want to go, do you like fish? And I'm kind of peculiar about which fish I do eat, and I was like, well, not particularly. And, and it really threw them for a loop, and so instead of going to their normal restaurant, the, the Libby Hill Seafood Restaurant, for lunch after church, they changed plans graciously and took us to the Ruby Tuesdays. Which was great, but you know that one of the things about the Ruby Tuesday that's, that's great is their salad bar, right? You go to the Ruby Tuesday, you get the salad bar, you get whatever you want to on it, and part of the draw is that you get to make your own salad. Well, this wonderful older lady, already thrown from her rhythm of Libby Hill fried shrimp for lunch on Sunday, was offered the salad bar and said, a salad sounds great. And the waitress said, well, you can go get it anytime you want. And the woman, as genuinely as she could muster, thought, if I've got to go make my own salad, I don't want it. The salad's supposed to come to me at a restaurant. In a way, that makes sense, right? I mean... It makes sense that, you know, sometimes we want the stuff to come to us. And I thought about that story, really, as I was sitting here, thinking about how to introduce these two passages, which are not the salad bar coming to you. These are hard ones. And, and maybe, maybe, the, maybe the point of reading the hard There's a lot of points to reading the hard passages. But maybe instead of checking out because, oh, these are the hard passages, maybe we should lean in even more to the hard passages. Because because maybe the hard ones speak something to us we need to hear more than just hearing the same old easy ones replaying the hits will tell us. I hope that's something that we sense and feel and hear today. I hope that's what we're getting towards as we turn to a reading from Genesis chapter 17 and then we turn to a reading from the Gospel of Mark chapter 8. We'll read first this promise to Abraham that God makes and then we'll read Jesus' instructions to his disciples. As we turn first to the book of Genesis chapter 17 verses 1 through 7 and then 15 and 16. Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant with you, or my covenant between me and you, and I will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you, You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but you shall have the name Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and the kings shall come from you. 
I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarah, Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her. Moreover, I will give you a son by her, and I will bless her. And she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. In Mark 8 we read, Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering. And he will be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and shall be killed and after three days rise again. He said all of this quite openly. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If you want to become my followers, if any of you want to, then deny yourselves and take up your cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and to forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous generation and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, if we listened, these passages are hard. Oh, I know that Abram's story is flowery on the surface, but let's remember uh, they were in their 90s when they were promised a child. We'll get to that in a second. These passages are hard, but that doesn't mean they're not important, right? That doesn't mean that they're not good. For in fact, I think they are good. They're just not easy. In our life and in our times, I have noticed, I think we all notice, a strange relationship with things that are good and easy. Things that fall into place often do so because we're living right. Oh, I know this example I'm about to give is a joke, but it's only a joke because there's some truth beneath it. Many of you have been on a golf course. You've taken a swing at a ball. You wanted it to go that way. It didn't. Only to hit a tree and end up right in the middle. And your playing partners say to you, you must be living right, right? I don't know that hitting a tree and bouncing a ball back in the middle of the fairway has anything to do with the way you are living as it does have to do with the luck of where your ball hit the bark, right? 
But there's some truth underneath it that we do believe. We repeatedly attribute material blessings and things falling into place with faithfulness and good deeds. Oh, I remember my old, my, I remember my old high school cross-country coach who used to say to us during practice, good, thing hap- good things happen to good people who work hard. And we would take, all of us would take that as wonderful motivational advice were he not also the same coach who would serenade us with Donkashane at 5.45 in the morning while we were stretching. I still don't know what Donkashane means and I've looked it up countless times to tell that story. He is successful as a cross-country coach so we believe what he says We believe that because we worked hard and we set ourselves up for success, because we ran the sprints we were supposed to during our kick on the last lap, we could outrun our competitors. We adopted this mantra for our running and for our life. But everybody kind of has that mantra, right? Good things happen to good people who work hard. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. There's a book that has just recently come out by a Duke Divinity School professor named Kate Bowler. If you've been paying attention to the same little circles that I've been paying attention to, you know about this book. It's called Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. The book is part memoir, part instruction manual, and part good theology about how it is we talk about difficult things. Much of Dr. Bowler's outlook on this book springboards from her work in studying the prosperity gospel. Her PhD work and her first book were about the the history of the modern prosperity gospel, and you know what that is. The prosperity gospel is a religious belief among some Christians that hold that financial blessing and physical well-being always will follow them and always be the will of God because of their faith, because of their positive speech, and because of their donations to religious causes that will then increase their own material wealth. The prosperity gospel views the Bible as a contract between God and humans. If humans have faith in God, God will deliver security and prosperity. Kate and others who have studied this strand of the faith link the prosperity gospel not just with the gospel, but with a certain American gospel, a certain American dream that is good but is not necessarily Scripture. Good things happen to good people who work hard is not in the Bible, right? It's in the fabric of our country. It's a part of how we live with one another in society. We believe that good things will happen to good people who work hard culturally as Americans. And practically, it kind of does work, right? If you're a good person who works hard, you have good standing in your community. We respect one another for that. But we, we betray our faith when 
when, when we forget that that's not quite the gospel. Jesus doesn't guarantee that things will be easy in exchange for our faithfulness. Our way of handling ourselves as upright, upstanding citizens leads to good reputations and it makes us want to be around one another. But it might not make faith easier. It might not make life easier. Because when we read more than just the parts of the Bible that we want to read, we see that faith is not always easy. The call of God, oh, it is good, but it is, it is sometimes hard. So maybe if you're feeling like life is hard right now, maybe this is something that will help you. I read that first passage about Abram and his name being changed to Abraham and Sarai being changed to Sarah. And it's, such, it's full of such good promises. Except that these are promises to people who are in their 90s. When Abram was 99 years old. Think about that. When Abram was the age of Billy Graham... God promised him that now you're going to have a son and then now the whole world is going to be blessed through you. If you're going to get a promise from God, the promise of a wonderful, meaningful legacy is the kind of promise that you want to get, without a doubt. But, but let's, let's be honest for just a second and let's joke a little bit. I mean, the promise of children at 90 doesn't really sound all that fun, does it? I mean, I jokingly reflect on the fact that it took us more than five years to want to have a second child because we, had, we were so traumatized by parenting the first time. I mean, he's great. We love him. And maybe we're just wimps, but we felt like raising children a thousand miles from family was hard. So we had to wait for one to get self-sufficient before we you know, took on the next one. But whether Abram was old or 99 years old, the point is it was well past the time for parenting. Parenting is for young people. And so we think about it and we realize this is a blessing that God is promising, but this is not an easy path that God is giving Abram, Abraham, Sarai, and Sarah. The point of this passage, I think, in part, is to tell us that they were old, they were beyond a reasonable age of parenting and having children, but God is going to use them. God will bring life in places that all we can see is walls and death. God makes a way, but, but if we find ourselves in a position to respond to God's call and become inheritors of God's promise, we have to remember that it's not necessarily going to make our lives easier and it's not necessarily going to be convenient. But, our, but through our faithfulness, God will work. Through our work, God will be revealed to others. And through the commitment, though the commitment may actually be difficult, the result of living within God's will and God's love 
is not that things will be easy, but that things will be good. And that God God promises that God will be with us through it all. That is the beginning and the end of the gospel. The gospel and, and I hope in part this gospel passage today, but let's tease ourselves about this passage a little bit. If Jesus wanted to attract a crowd, there are better ways to do it than preaching this message. The Son of Man will undergo great suffering. I'm not so sure about that one. He's going to be rejected and killed. And then when Peter tries privately to be like, Lord, I mean, help us out with this a little bit. Like, tone it down. <laughs> Jesus goes public with Peter's rebuke. Jesus says, if you want to save your life, you've got to lose it. If you want to be my follower, then pick up a cross and come along. And if you're ashamed of me now, I'll be ashamed of you later. Some 2,000 years later... We've nuanced these understandings. We've sanded off some of the rough edges. We, we see the joy and the hope and the possibility in him being rejected by the authorities. We don't take offense to Peter being called Satan because we know that he's going to be asked to feed sheep later. And we've explained how in life we can pick up our crosses. And through personal piety, we've addressed how we can both lose our lives in faith, but gain our lives and pay our bills. And all of this is fine and and natural. But, but maybe we should realize that we shouldn't just explain away all of the difficulties. We shouldn't just explain away the high bar that the gospel calls us to. Yes, good things do happen to those who prepare. But, but what is very much also true about following Jesus is that Sometimes it will be difficult and and sometimes it may put you at odds with other entities in your life. The call of God may lead you to places you've never imagined, which can be a really good thing and can be a really scary thing. Like Abraham and Sarah getting promised a baby in their old age. What What they're promised is a way of faith that doesn't lead just to the easy stuff. It might make life harder, but, but I suspect that being faithful does more than make life harder because I believe, I deeply, truly believe that it somehow makes life better and more fulfilling as long as better does not equal easy. If we're really listening to this, it's unsettling. It's not, honestly, what I want to hear necessarily when I come to church on a Sunday morning. It's much easier to preach the the do-good messages. But that's not all of what's in Scripture. And that's not the Scripture that we're left with today. Today, the passage contains important promises that push our assumptions and push the ways we've gotten all too comfortable with meshing our faith with our everyday life. 
But sometimes faith is not as easy as everyday life. Faith is not as simple as picking ourselves up by our bootstraps. And faith is not as convenient as believing it will always be easy. If these passages that we've read today are true, it just isn't that easy. So for those of us who would think that faith should make everything easier, yes, these words are disconcerting. But for those of us for whom life is feeling kind of hard right now, that the hands we've dealt don't feel very fair, maybe these passages bring comfort because we realize we're not alone. And we realize that the purpose of following Jesus faithfully is not to make everything simple, but instead to allow ourselves to be open to God's work, be open to God walking with us, to remember that God walks with us, maybe especially when things are hard. This week we lost a giant in our public Christian faith. Billy Graham died after living 99 years. The preacher boy from Charlotte preached to millions and countless people responded to the gospel through his ministry. It's easy to look, it would be easy to look at Billy Graham and his 99 years of life and treat it like that tee shot that went awry and landed back in the middle. He was living right, so he lived a long time. But we know that's not totally true. Jesus only made it 33 years. And if it were right that living right meant you lived a long time, there wouldn't be childhood childhood cancer. There wouldn't be accidents with kids in their 20s. There wouldn't be illnesses that come on people when they're young. It's common sense to remember that We all face difficulties and trials that exist outside of the realm of the world, but we also can take comfort today that faith is not about making it easy. It's about doing God's good work and it's about experiencing God's good love. Sarah gave birth at an old age. Jesus died when he was young. And the message to both was not to follow the Lord because it's easy. It was to follow the Lord in order to be a blessing in significant and meaningful ways. Therefore, follow because it helps us with life difficulties, not because it takes life's difficulties away. We follow God faithfully because we can feel and know that through embodying a deep faith, we sense God is with us, not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. Faith gets us through. Faith gets us through. It does not take us away. Calgon takes us away. Faith helps us see the way. And so we follow faithfully because it makes sense. Not because it's easy or cool or popular, but because it makes sense that in this way God will lead us to life. And so we gather today to, be, to seek to be faithful and to hear a word from the Lord. And this morning, I'm not sure... It's the easiest word to hear, but I hope it's a word that some of us hear to feel the assurance that the Lord is with us when it's not easy. God's call to Abraham was significant even though it was at an unusual time. And Jesus' instructions to his disciples were the kind of instructions we want to skip, but 
the kind of instructions that lead to faith in Him. So if you're wondering about struggle and difficulties and pain and the high calling of God, you're in the right place. Because the instructions of these passages are not that things will be easy, but that God promises that God will be with us and God's love and presence will carry us through to all that is good. Will you pray with me? Oh, loving God, we'd rather read stories about the Pharisees being chastised. We'd rather read stories about David overcoming Saul. We'd rather celebrate in Solomon's temple, read about the glory of creation, or skip from Holy Thursday past Good Friday and Holy Saturday and celebrate Easter Sunday. Lord, we'd rather talk about resurrection and ascension. But Lord, we walk out of these doors and life will hit us. And Lord, when it does, we need you with us. We need to sense your presence and we need strength that only you can give. Lord, we need to Feel your love and grace in ways that only you can provide it. And Lord, we need to be able to be reminded and remembered that when the calling seems high, when the path seems long or difficult, that those are times when you promise to be with us and to be with us well and to carry us through. And so, Lord, as your people who don't just face sunny days but also face cloudy days, Lord, as your people who don't always just have good things happening to us, but also experience the struggles of life. Lord, today, help us to sense your loving presence and to know you are with us each step of the way. This, O Lord, is our prayer that we offer in your name. Amen.